0: Learn more about us today at shockyourpotential.com and download our free Shock Your Potential app today. Listen in to today's expert.
1: Thank you for joining us on another episode of Shock Your Potential where all month long we are not only saying, thank goodness that horrible year is behind us, And we got plans for 2021 and beyond, but we're also gonna be very flexible and make sure we can handle anything that comes our way. And my guest today is gonna talk about something really unique. And many of you uh, that are my listeners and followers may find this as a potential career path for yourself. So we're gonna learn a lot of things I already was asking her stupid questions before we began. (laughs) And she very graciously did not laugh at me too loudly. So joining me today is Nikki Krawczyk, and she's a copywriter with 15 years, more than 15 years, we don't need to say how many, (laughs) of experience writing for multi-billion dollar companies, solopreneurs like me, and every size business in between. She She also teaches people to become professional copywriters and build really thriving and really interesting careers in the midst. And she does that through her website, which, get a load of this business name, filthyrichwriter.com. I love it. And I know we're going to talk more about that. She also has a comprehensive copywriting academy through that. And uh, for her being filthy rich, which I think is great just to hit and I know we'll talk about it. Probably doesn't mean exactly what you think for her. It means having a job you love being good at what you do and making great money at it. So Nikki, thank you so much for joining me today.
0: Thank you so much for having me.
1: It's such I love the moment that we got you booked. And I looked at your email. I was like, Oh, this is going to be so much fun. Um, plus, I get to ask you all kinds of questions. And as I um, fessed up before we started taping, I really didn't know what copywriting was all about until you just explained to me that it's actually writing. Ad copy, so that's brilliant. Um, but I've given a little bit of an overview of who you are, with your highlights of your bio. But tell us a little bit about you, your business, and how you help people and businesses to shock
0: their potential. Mm-hmm. Yeah, absolutely. Um, yeah. So, so copywriting, which you know, it's a lot of people don't know the term. Uh, they read copy every single day, but a lot of people don't know the term. Copywriting is is marketing and advertising writing. It is writing that is designed to to make a connection. Really, it's not about like salesy push 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 which doesn't work anyway right it's right. about making a connection between people who have a want or a need and the company or organization that has the the solution to that want to that need and our writing helps make that connection by using um using words that that uh resonate with that target audience so it's a lot of fun
1: um oh sorry go ahead No, I was just going to say, I love how you clarified that because I teach sales all the time and I always run into people who go, I'm not a salesperson. I work for a nonprofit. I, you know, do this. I provide that. I work for a church and I'm like, everybody sells, everybody sells, but that doesn't mean you have to be pushy at it. And I think that's why people go, oh, I'm not in sales because they think it is aligned with pushy, but it's exactly what you said that sales is that is that beautiful sweet spot where you've found what somebody wants and you know that you can deliver it. And that's, that's beautiful. And when you do it through words, it even conveys more emotions in the process.
0: Mm-hmm. Yeah, absolutely. I completely agree.
1: I love it. So keep going. Tell me more.
0: Yeah. So well, so um, as you said, I've been doing this for I was just thinking the other day, I'm going to have to up that to 20 years real soon, <laughs> maybe a little bit more than I'm comfortable with. Um, but and I've been working with uh, with all different types of companies, which is really fantastic. Um, but, you know, the thing is, is that I as someone who has always loved to write, um, as I'm sure some of your your listeners and viewers do as well, I, for a long time thought that writers couldn't make any money um and oh. part of the reason I thought that is because literally people told me that I think I was in middle school and a friend like well,
1: uh, you're never gonna make a living at it I,
0: I was in middle school and I at the, at that time I thought I wanted to be a screenwriter and he said oh you know what do you want to do and I said oh I think I want to be a screener and he said mm, you should probably tell people you're going into business and I went <laughs>
1: Okay. Now, first of all, let's just have a moment with that. First, I'm i I'm so impressed that in middle school, you wanted to be a screenwriter. Let's just, let's acknowledge that because that is so creative and wonderful. But shame on that teacher for saying, uh-uh, tell them yeah. something different. And-
0: yeah. Well, it was, I was actually a friend's uncle and I have other stories about professors and that kind of thing. But quite frankly, the last laugh is on them. I'm doing quite well. Um, yeah. it's It's, Copywriting, for some reason, partially because a lot of people don't know about it, even though we are literally reading copy every, single day. every um, single day, exactly. A lot of people don't know about it. A lot of people think, well, writing means being a novelist, or it means being a blogger, or it means being a journalist. And very sadly, I completely get that. Very sadly, it is hard to make a really good living as a journalist, or a novelist, or a blogger, or anything like that, or mm-hmm. you know, just writing blog posts. Um, but Copywriting is is very valuable. And you know, as a business owner, your message is crucial. And Absolutely. yeah. And so business owners and organizations and, and big companies understand how important that is. And because what we do can be directly tied to results for that business or organization, yeah. companies are willing to pay us well for it.
1: And that is so true because you can see, you know, people talk about ROI all the time. And I think that most people really don't understand it because ROI means a lot of different things. But at the end of the day, good copy sells a product or service or an idea. And you can make the direct correlation when you're measuring. And right now my marketing uh, director is, uh, I mean, we're testing things out side by side. Uh, we've gotten our message to the point that we really like where, what messages we use in different mediums. But what we haven't tested and we are testing now, um, we haven't tested fully yet, is, OK, what time of day and who's seeing it and how do we know? And if we're paying for the ads, what does that mean versus a Twitter post or, you know, so how we're reaching people is amazing. And she's doing this incredible deep dive to really analyze, you know, what does that what's the ROI from our um existing followers? What's the ROI from somebody who's never heard of us? And how are we measuring that to see whether or not things are sticking and then converting to sales?
0: Yeah, absolutely. Well, and that part of that's kind of, in a way, makes our jobs a little bit easier in terms of pitching ourselves to companies um, mm-hmm. because it's <laughs> we can help make a big difference in the company, even if you're just thinking in terms of, you know, solopreneur or a smaller business if they're sending everyone through their sales page and that sales page is not performing very well, get a trained professional in there and they'll be able to turn that around.
1: Oh, it is so true. And I was just thinking <laughs> selfishly, I was thinking about, uh, picking your brain on, on, uh, what we're doing with our, trying to promote the two of my books so that I can sell more books.
0: <laughs> I'm here for you. pick my brain away.
1: Okay, good. No, we'll get there along the way. So when you so what made you then get passionate about teaching other people to get into this as a business?
0: Well, so about eight years or so ago, I was working on, uh, working for a company, working on staff, and they were starting a new website and it was going to require a ton of copy. Uh, basically what we figured out was that I needed to build a copy team and I need to build that copy team like yesterday. So I stole a mm-hmm. couple, poached a couple of writers off their editorial team and I hired a couple of very green junior copywriters, um, and brought them all together. And essentially what I did was every day we would learn about copy. I would take them through a lesson. They would bring in examples. We would discuss it. I'd give them little homework assignments. And what ended up happening over a couple of weeks was I took them from not really knowing much at all about copywriting to be able to write, to, to being able to write it effectively. And Mm -hmm. after, and I made them Build out portfolio sites because I knew they weren't going to work for me forever. Um, and by the end of that, I thought, you know what? There should be something like this out there. You know, I was very fortunate in that a billion years ago when I was in high school, my dad was a marketing director and would bring home extra work. So I really kind um, of got the fundamentals of copywriting then. Um, of course, it wasn't until years later that I realized I could be a professional copywriter. Um, but <laughs> There was nothing that was a real, a real professional course. There were a lot of like, if you can write a letter like this, you can make six figures. You know that kind of <laughs> crud. Um, but there wasn't one for real professionals who wanted to work on an in-house team, or who wanted to work for an agency, or who wanted to freelance. So basically, I put together a course that was everything I would have wanted when I was getting started and beyond. Oh, my
1: goodness. Uh, when you were talking about, you know, you can do this, if you can write this letter, it reminded me of when I was uh, i'm I'm you talking about a billion years ago for your for high school. It's probably an extra billion for me. But I remember when I was in grade school, there was this commercial always on TV where they'd show like on the back of a matchbook cover, like how to doodle uh, you know the dog. and if you could doodle the dog and doodle the person, whatever, you could send it in and then you know, you could become an animator or whatever. How is that? what? what is this about? Who sends in for this? And I have always, to this day, wondered ever what happened to that company and who actually would say, okay, based on that, I'm going to change my entire career and I'm going to do, you know, cartoons for somebody.
0: Yeah, exactly. Well, that's the thing, you know, if it sounds too good to be true, like, oh, you don't have to learn anything. Just write a sales letter like this and you're good to go, which by the way, nobody does online sales letters anymore. Sales pages. yes, Sometimes print sales letters, but like, nobody does that. Yeah. (laughs)
1: I love it. So when people come to you, you know, and they say, Hey, I want to learn this. What, what, what's prompting them? You know, what's, what's in there. And I'm sure there's a lot of different reasons, but there's usually some common themes for people who are looking at a a career change or maybe getting a little bit more niche. You know, maybe they were in marketing already in advertising, but this is a lot, you know, more fine tuned. So, you know, what kind of reasons do they have coming to you? Mm -hmm.
0: Yeah. By and large, I really would say um, that it's a lot of people who, like I was saying, who didn't ever think they could make money as a writer, who've always loved writing. They're always the person that people go to when they need something rewritten or the person you send an email to and go, do I sound do I sound really mean in this email? How do, how do I make this sound more professional? How do I make it sound like I don't hate my boss? You know, that kind of thing. Um, or, the, hey, can you write my cover letter for me to apply this job? Um, and... They, but they never thought that they could make a career out of it Um, for some Mm -hmm. reason. I mean, copywriting is, it's a real career. People are doing it every single day, you know, mad men. And, and, but even outside of that, people are freelancing at it. People are doing it in-house, but for some reason, uh, maybe it's because you can't major in it in college, but for some reason, a lot of people haven't heard of it. So when they hear that there's a career that they actually could make, money at and they can use that writing ability it's really kind of a revelation so that's what mm-hmm. I that's what I get a lot of people going oh wow that's a thing Wow
1: well and that's why that's why I asked you the question before we started taping is in my viewpoint a copywriter was somebody who, you know, did whatever legal stuff was to get that little C in the circle next to, you know, your business name or the name of your product or, you know, whatever. And I'm like, and I know that's different than a trademark, but that's what I was thinking. So as we started talking and you're like, well, that's not exactly it. It's, I I mean, I figure I've been in sales and marketing my entire career and I didn't know what a copywriter was officially either.
0: (laughs) Yeah. Well, the spelling is different. So that helps if you're seeing it written out, you know, copy R-I-G-H-T versus W-R-I-T. Anyway, um, I'm a writer. Don't make me spell out
1: loud. copywriter versus a copywriter. OK, mm-hmm. look at me. I'm, you know what? It's only my second cup of coffee today.
0: Well, and I need what, a few more. We never stop learning, right? But yeah, I mean, if that's the thing is that, you know, not every business and organization obviously is going to hire a copywriter. Of course not. I right. would never make that kind of promise. However, every business and organization needs a copywriter, needs someone to put together good messaging. Because, mm-hmm. I mean, as we were saying, you could have, you could have the. Best product in the world. You can have amazing pictures, but if your message is off, nobody's going to buy it. But on the other hand, you could have like a white page with black text, and that's it. And if your messaging is good, people will buy.
1: That's true, absolutely. Yeah, I. You know, I'm. We're um, we're revamping my um, my website right now. And it's funny because the first time I had somebody build it out for me and, you know, it kind of had some things that worked. And then the second time I had somebody who, you know, was closer to my message, you know, and they kept asking me to provide stuff, but I wasn't really using the right words. And I was thinking more about how it looked or, you know, where you click on this. And so, um, you know, we were in the process of getting going with this and I just kind of put a halt on it. And I said, I'm going to stop and I'm going to take the next two months to basically like, I've got pieces of paper everywhere, you know, not what does it look like, but message that I need here. And then you figure out how, how it all goes together with the buttons and the colors, but where does, how does my message need to flow? And I know that that sounds, I kind of embarrassed to say that right now, except for my listeners know that I embarrass myself all the time. So it's not really that big of a deal, but, uh, It's the first time, you know, I I started my business almost five years ago and now I'm finally getting to the point where when we relaunch, hopefully in January with the new website, that it will actually be the message that we're trying to convey that matches what we do
0: Mm -hmm. (laughs) because there's a huge disconnect. Yeah, but that's not uncommon. I think most business owners um, leave Hoppy until the end right? Like, yeah. well, I know what I want it to look like. I don't want it to have this feeling. I don't want to have this great picture of me here. And I wanted to, yeah. but it's like, all right, well, what's it going to say? Oh, and partially too, because it's so hard to write copy for ourselves. I mean, it's, yeah. it's challenging to write copy for, for clients, of course, as well, but for writing it for ourselves is very difficult. So I think a lot of business owners just push it off into the last thing. So I would say that's it's not true. uncommon at all. It's true. And
1: yet now if I looked backwards, I mean, you know, my business has evolved since when I started, um, because in the beginning, I was just really doing it to speak and, you know, promote my books and that type of thing. And now we've really evolved to a different kind of organization. But I think if I would have taken more time at the beginning to really think through it, not that it would look like it's going to look now, but the evolution of my business might have taken a faster turn, too, because the words that we use to describe ourselves are really, really important. Mm-hmm. And if we don't have them down that way, then it's really hard to map out where you're going. Yeah. On the flip side, you think you know where you're going, you to your point, you don't use the right words, you're not going to get there.
0: Mm -hmm, Absolutely. You know, at the beginning of a project, like you were saying, a a copywriter is going to sit down and talk with the business owner, ask them a lot of questions and really kind of in a way force them to think things through gently, gently forcing, but force them to think things through and say, okay, well, what is what is your real benefit? What are they going to get out of working with you or taking the action we want them to take here? And I think that um, it's true for a lot of business owners. It's the first time that they've actually been. Um, again, I keep saying forced and that's not, <laughs> not really the impression I want to give. but um, <laughs> I mean, the first opportunity say, yeah. to um, to sit down and really talk about and really think it through, okay, well, what mm-hmm. what do I want to say about myself here? What is it that separates me from my competition? And then a, a great copywriter is going to take that information, ask any more questions that they need, and then mm-hmm. make it sound like like you, you know, good copier. doesn't sound like themselves. They sound like their clients. They sound like you. Right. Right. And you know, I,
1: it's, I think it's okay that you're using the word force because you know, when I talk about shocking your potential, I always use that in context of, you know, shocking is that jolt that all of a sudden, wait, hold on, what's going on. Okay. I've got to do something. It's that kick in the pants that you might not have given yourself. And so I often tell like one of the, when I hired my assistant a year ago, And I said, I need you to boss me around. And she's like, oh, I can totally do that. And then after a while, I'm like, you're not bossing me enough. She's like, I know, but you're really busy. I'm like, stop
0: it. I need you to boss me around. (laughs) Tell me to stop wasting time on this. Yeah, I get that completely. (laughs)
1: And, you know, so, you know, we've, we've talked it through differently, but that that's that sense of somebody, you know, when you don't have it all pulled together yet, you need somebody to kick you in the pants and help get it aligned. Otherwise, you waste time.
0: Yeah, well, and that's the thing that a, a professional will bring to it, you know? It's copywriters, mm-hmm. yes, we, we work for you and we provide a service, but we should be your partners. We should yeah. be coming in and saying, okay, this is this project. Also, you might wanna consider this. And also, as we're talking this through, I'm wondering this. So it shouldn't just be, all right, here, do this for me, write this, I mean, it can't be, of course, but it's a better relationship for both people if that copywriter works with you as a partner to help get the best possible project
1: right very good i love it we hope that you are enjoying this episode of shock your potential we're going to take a moment now to hear from our sponsor have you ever considered hiring a virtual assistant but didn't know where to start let kukua biz help kukua biz matches talented professionals from kenya with small businesses around the globe Affordable weekly rates allow you to have a dedicated full-time staff member to help you with anything from administrative tasks, social media management, public relations, and more. Go to KukuaBiz.com today for more information or email info at cukuabiz.com. KukuaBiz. That's K-U-K U A B-I-Z.com. So, you know, this year uh, or this month, the theme that we're using is New Year, flexible focus. And the reason that I picked that for our theme was that, you know, number one, we all needed to leave that last year behind. (laughs) Um, (laughs) So close the door, bye-bye. And I think we all start out with this new hope for every new year. But we all, we all had great hopes for last year. And I, I know that I talked to so many people that were going into 2020 last year that were saying, okay, this is the year and these are, these are the pivotal moments. And I know for my business last year was the pivotal moment until March, whatever, um, because we had just turned the corner on so many big gigs and so many great, huge clients and, and so many things that revolved around me getting on an airplane and going somewhere to train people. And so obviously that changed. So this, this month, I'm trying to keep us all, you know, focused on the fact that we should all have our goals, we should all have plans, but we need to learn something from last year. And that is flexibility can be one of our greatest competitive advantages if we use it. So, you know, what are your thoughts? How, how would you, you know, encourage people to keep flexible so that they can go into this year and really feel like they've evolved as well?
0: Mm-hmm. Yeah, I completely agree. I think that one of the things that we were were starting to learn, and then two thousand and twenty really forced us to learn, is that you can't depend on a full time on staff job for safety. And I think yeah. that that's something that people were starting to kind of figure out and starting to come around to. But I think a lot of a lot of careers that people thought, well, ah, so, you know, no problem. Like, you'll always be able to find work in a restaurant. You'll always be able to. Well, my and, or a restaurant will be a fallback job or. And there, this disrupted yeah. all kinds of industries, not just restaurants and traveling, but disrupted all kinds of industries and people who thought that they had. Careers that they would be able to stay in for as long as they felt like it all of a sudden discovered that they didn't have that job anymore or they were furloughed Mm -hmm. or something like that. And I think that something that we all just have to to accept is that we need to have a job that we can do as a freelancer. Maybe Mm -hmm. that's something that you do full time as well. Or maybe it's kind of a a side hustle, a back pocket career that you pull it out when you need it. Um, But nobody's going to take care of us if we don't take care of us, you know, yeah. it's, it's, and the great thing too, about having that flexibility is that it's there. If you need it, thank goodness it's there and you've got it and you can ramp up that freelance work and you can keep the money coming in. Or if you don't need it, then great. Then you can bring in some extra cash, pay for a vacation when we can travel again, all that kind <laughs> of thing, or, you know, save yeah. for kids college, all that kind of stuff. But it's, you are not stuck with, well, my salary is this, and maybe I'll get a 3% cost of living raise next year. And boy, I hope bonuses come through this year. I mean, when you're working on staff, you are, when you work harder, the company may make more money, but you don't make any more money. Maybe, maybe you get a bonus, but it's also dependent on what, however many other people working hard for the company to do well. But when you are a freelancer, you are in control of your income. You are in control of the opportunities and how much work you take on and, and what you charge mm-hmm. and all that kind of thing. And I think that that yes, is it a little bit more work to build up a, a freelance, whether it be a side hustle or something you want to transition to? Yeah, absolutely. But the flexibility that it gives you, you know, I used to talk about and I can't remember who came up with the term to be at uh, which so I should look it up, but um <laughs> the term "fu money, as in oh, like, yeah you, yeah, you get yourself into a crummy job or, you know, or something that looks like it's going to be great, or your boss switches out or something like that. And all of a yep. sudden you go, wait, I can't stand it here. But the great thing is yeah. that a, I'm getting all riled up because I get so excited about it. But the <laughs> a freelance career and or, or even just just side hustle, it lets you say, mm-hmm. all right, I'm not taking this anymore. I don't want to be here. Yeah. I'm not doing this anymore. So I'm out. Right.
1: Right. Or at least if you decide to stick with it, that you're not so emotionally charged by it all the time. Well, and as you were talking to, I was thinking, I don't, I was trying to come up with a number and I don't remember it. I just saw it the other day about the number of uh, women who are mothers who in 2020 didn't lose their jobs, but had to walk away from their jobs because of also having to do homeschooling and having, you know, greater, uh, you know, working from home and the kids, you know, uh, in school from home, even part way back and forth. And it's, you know, I mean, we, we saw that actually with my family, with my son and, uh, his, his girlfriend and, uh, their two, their kids is that, you know, when she got let go from her job, well, she, she could have gone back, but we knew the kids weren't going back to school. So we, you know, I mean, we, I mean, it was their decision, but we were supporting them in that, you know, she made the decision to start uh, school again and stay home and take care of the kids. And Mm -hmm. we're so fortunate that happened, but it's really tough on them. But it just makes me think about what this option could be for a lot of women, for anybody, but a lot of women who found themselves in that situation, who don't know, you know, when it's going to get better, or when we might get kids back to school full time, or, you know, when her job might come back in an office that something like this could be a really great alternative um, to have more control over your life and also be able to take care of those other those other needs that fall to a lot of fall both to men and women, but traditionally we still see women bearing the the heavier burden of that.
0: Mm-hmm. Yeah, absolutely. Well, and it's 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 we won't go too far down this, but it's a self perpetuating cycle. If men are already making a dollar to a woman 70, 70 cents, I think that's exactly roughly where it is. When they where they're faced with the right, somebody has to stay home with the kids. Well, often if he's already making more, it's going to make more sense. For him to keep the job and for her to to stay home, um, mm-hmm. but yeah, th- to have something that you can do part time or that you can do in the evenings, you can do it yeah. in the weekends, you can do it, you know, do it while the kids are on another Zoom next to you, um, so that you can do both at the same time. Uh, it's it's an incredible opportunity and adds that flexibility that I think you're right. A lot of unfortunately, it's falling to a lot of women right now that they need. Mm-hmm.
1: Yeah, it'll be interesting to see, because I know there's a lot of studies already in motion to, to kind of uh, identify what what's going to happen to the gap even further and not even not, not even just in terms of pay, but career trajectory, like how far can you go? And, and, you know, those are things that I none of us saw coming out of this, obviously, but uh, it's something that we've got to pay attention to. So I think it's great that you um, are so passionate about it. It's clear. And I think there's a lot of people who have learned that they can work remotely anyway, so why not work for yourself remotely if you have the opportunity to do something that you'd really enjoy that'll also be financially beneficial to you. Mm -hmm. And do you, let me ask you one more question about this. So, you know, when people go through your program and then they're, you know, they're trained and ready to go, do you help them figure out how to transition, how to you know start getting gigs? You know, are there things that sometimes those people that that are, you know, learning under you can you know even work alongside you? You know, what what uh, what happens to them when they're done with the process?
0: Yeah, absolutely. Well, I mean, it's a it's a career, right? So it's a full process. I would be doing a major disservice if I was like, all right, here now, you know how to do it. Best of luck to you. Um, so. Yeah. Big part of what we teach is how to land your first clients, how to get experience, and then how to parlay that into more and more clients and not through, you know, sites like Upwork or Fiverr, those kind of things where people are looking for the best at the cheapest they can get. Yeah. Um, yeah. But we really teach people how to find their own opportunities and provide a lot of value to potential customers, potential clients, so that those potential clients actually welcome the, the pitch emails that our students send.
1: Very good. Excellent. Well, Gosh, this is fascinating. I can't wait to uh, see how your business continues to grow. And I know we'll have all of your contact information on the show notes. But just in case somebody wants to type in right now, because they're like, this is my new career. What's the best way for them to find you?
0: Yeah, absolutely. Um, they can find us at filthyrichwriter.com and then on filthyrichwriter, uh, across, you know, Instagram and, uh, Facebook. And, but if they are interested and they think this might be something they'd like to dip their toes into, we have a free video training at freecopywritingtraining.com. Talks about how to land your first, first, uh, freelance clients. But if they're not there yet, don't worry about it. Still all kinds of important information.
1: Excellent, Nikki, thank you. And before we go, do you have any last words of wisdom or pearls of advice for my listeners and viewers?
0: Yeah, actually my favorite piece of advice, and I suppose after having this whole conversation, it sounds a little self-serving. So I'm gonna preface that. Um, but it it uh it really goes across a lot of different areas of life. But the one of the most important things I've learned is to only take advice from people who are actually successful at what you want to do. There are a lot of people who will give you a lot of different, you know, your perpetually single friend who has the really big opinions about your marriage, your oh, uncle yeah. Phil, who's never started a Business in his life, but uh-huh. has so much to tell you. Um, but as Leaders, soon
1: as leadership, leadership, sales consultants that have never done leadership or sales. Oh,
0: yes. Did I say that out loud? Yeah. Um, life coaches whose only thing that they figured out is how to become a life coach. Yes, I. Uh-huh. I agree. So it's, and it can be very hard because often the people who know the least are the people who are the loudest and the most oh, forceful yeah. in what they have to tell you. But the sooner that people can learn to start, and this is a lesson I keep learning myself, but the sooner we can all learn to, to listen and nod yeah. and say, Oh, thank you so much. Very helpful. Super. And then completely tune it out. Uh, the better we'll be.
1: I love it. I so agree on so many levels. Nikki, thank you so much for sharing your story and what you do. I'm just very happy to uh, to be connected and I can't wait to see where where you go from here.
0: Oh, thank you, Mike. This is a lot of fun. Thank you for joining us on another episode of the Shock Your Potential podcast. Learn more about us today at shockyourpotential.com, including details on Michael's two best selling books. Tell me more